Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're tuned in to an all-new edition of Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet Bradley Sal. He's coming up here shortly, as is Vince Sanders, former Ole Miss wide receiver on the Modern Women phone line. Got a lot to cover. Ole Miss is getting some love and way too early top 25 predictions. But before we jump to it, let me tell you about my bookie. It's that time of year. Divisions are decided, champions are crowned, and legends are born. It's time for the NFL playoffs. You've waited and watched all year as your team rose to the top or fell to the bottom, but now it's your turn to win big. You've heard the name just about everywhere, MyBookie. They're the industry's leading online sportsbook and casino, and it's not hard to understand why. With thousands of lines to bet on all your favorite sports, the NFL, NBA, college ball, check, check, and check. MMA and soccer, they've got all the latest odds, period. Take advantage of MyBookie's prop builder and live in-game betting where every single run, throw, and touchdown is another chance for you to put cash in your pocket. Visit their mobile-friendly website today and get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Just use the promo code TOC for Talk of Champions, TOC, when you make your first deposit. The best part is they make it simple with a variety of ways to deposit instantly, including credit card, bank transfer, Bitcoin, and more. Whether you're at home or on the go, on your laptop or your phone, it's not too late to make your New Year's resolution a resolution to get paid. Bet, win, and get paid. It's my bookie. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports. Today's guest on the Modern Women phone line, former Ole Miss wide receiver Vince Sanders. Hadn't heard from Vince in a while. Reached out to him on Twitter, and we hooked up on Wednesday. Some good stuff from him. He's in coaching, too. It seems like every 
Ole Miss player or former Ole Miss player is in coaching. Brad, you got to follow suit at some point, apparently. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I think that's, um, yeah, a lot of guys enjoy, enjoy it so much. It's, it's just a way of keeping in the game. Um, yeah, good for Vince. What's, um, what's he been up to? So he's coaching. Where is he coaching at? He's coaching in Marion, Arkansas. Wide receiver special teams. Also coached at Northeast for a little bit. Coach Sam Williams at Northeast. Well, he coached wide receiver. Sam Williams played defensive line, so he didn't coach that position group. But Vince has been around a little bit. And I think at the end of the day, Vince would ultimately like to get back into coaching college ball. But I think that's pretty much every coach out there right now. And I think that's kind of where you would like to break in if you decide to go into coaching, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I would either coach at Ole Miss or I would not coach at all. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Ole Miss is probably the only place I would consider, um, you know, coaching at some point. But um, it's uh, got a ways to go before I'm, before I'm ready for something like that. So Mississippi State offers you $1.5 million to coach their offensive line and be associate head coach. What do you say? I, would, um, I wouldn't coach Mississippi State for $10 million, and you can mark my word for that right now. No amount of money. Could get you to coach no. Mississippi State. That's a lie. Come on. No, no amount of money. I don't need it. I'm. I mean, I, I'm very happy with where I'm at, and um, yeah, no, I have too much pride for that. So money, money doesn't really drive me. So, um, yeah, there's no amount, no amount of money when I ever coach down there or where that maroon run. Out, there's a zero chance. I, I would, I would run out of the tunnel. I'd be nauseous. I mean, I, I couldn't even. There's no way I could do it. Everybody's got a number, Brad. Everybody's got a number. Nah, not um, not not coaching. <laughs> no chance. I, I mean, maybe, maybe work in the in the in the on the business side or front office or something, but not um, zero chance would I coach down there. Well, shocker! Alabama won another national championship. The viewership for the national championship was eighteen point seven million, the lowest in the history, I think, of the college football playoff um, national championship. Not surprising. It's kind of gotten stale. It's the same four teams every single year. Yeah, it's. Um, I, I wish we would expand it. Um, you're right. I mean, it's it's sort of it's kind of like the same four teams get in, and those teams are just recruiting better and better um, because of it. I think, and it's just a um, it's turning into a little bit like a um, like a UConn and in, in, in women's college basketball. You know, for a long time they just kind of ran the show, and you knew they were going to be there every year. So um, yeah, I wish they would expand the playoffs. So there's a little bit more. Um, you know, I, I would have loved to seen somebody else play Alabama other than Notre Dame. Like, who in their right mind did – who thought anything else was going to happen than what happened in that game? Notre Dame was going to come there, and they are going to get smacked just like they do every year. Um, and nobody – people are sick of seeing that. So I, I would have rather seen, you know, freaking I mean, Coastal Carolina or something in there. I mean, somebody other than – Maybe Cincinnati just just mix it up or something. So I'm thinking an eight eight to twelve team playoff would be would be amazing for college football. Turns out that Ole Miss was the only team to give Alabama a serious challenge in 2020. Who would have guessed? No, uh, no, man. I mean, you you look at that fumble snap um, that kind of killed that one drive where we we're about to go either tie it or, or maybe um, go up. And, um, you know, we just lost pace with them, to be honest with you. But we were tied up with nine minutes to go in the game, maybe even had the lead nine minutes to go in the game, somewhere around there. So um, we certainly gave them all they could handle. And, um, you know, we, we, looked, we looked as good versus them as anybody else in the nation. So proud of that for Ole Miss. I don't want to be a broken record, but it brings back the point of had Ole Miss's defense just been average, just average, they're probably looking at eight wins. Because Alabama, that game – 
it would have just not been a close call and Nick Saban sweating a little bit. Ole Miss could have very well won that game had their defense just been remotely in the same ballpark as their offense. I'm not saying be top three in the country like Ole Miss was offensively, but defensively just be not what you were at that point, which was completely a sieve. They could do nothing to stop anybody at that point. Yeah. Well, they're um... – yeah, I mean, I'm with you. There's really only two games we gave away, and that was Auburn and LSU. Um, Arkansas. Arkansas, yeah. Arkansas. We, we just played flat horrible in that game. I mean, I wouldn't even say we gave it away. We just we just played horrible. So uh, um, that one I can understand when you play like that. But I mean, that Auburn game, you know, we showed up. That that was a fumble. And then you look at Ala. I'm sorry, you look at LSU. I think any any other day with our full lineup and good weather, we would have smoked them. So. Um, no excuses yet, but are, are we just we just did, didn't didn't finish a couple games this year. But you're right. I think we're every bit of an eight win team this year. And had we played a normal schedule, we would have won eight games. So um, we got a lot to be excited about going into next year. So what's the over under? If they win seven games, is that a disappointment? Um, I wouldn't say disappointment. It. it uh, I, I would certainly like to see us do better than that, but. I still think a good seven, eight win season would, would, would be, would keep the momentum rolling, um, especially going into where you're looking at, um, you know, Luke Kaltmeyer, you know, potentially taking over. You're going into a, a year where you want to add one more recruiting class on top of this other really good one. And um, the momentum keeps rolling and then, um, you know, it gets closer and closer to arch time. So um, we just got to keep it going before we get to get to that, 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 that level at Ole Miss and get, get arch in there and, and um, yeah, it could could be a, a fun fun four years that we can somehow get him. That's a hell of an assumption to just say that Arch time is going to come at Ole Miss at some point. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I don't see where else. I, I'm, I always try to think that out um, where else he would go. All the other places that make sense, I don't think, or or um, options that their family would would it would seem to want him to be in. Um, maybe other than Cutcliffe, who is you know getting close to potentially retiring, but. I don't see LSU being an option if if Coach O's there, and I see, um, you know, I, I can see, I can see almost having a really good chance there. I really do. Clemson's obviously a fit. I'm just saying, if you're an Ole Miss fan, have you not learned your lesson at this point? Come on, you can't assume anything. Yeah, and here's the thing: I want Arch for for a lot of reasons. The same reason a lot of Ole Miss fans um, want him. Um, you know, he's a Manning for one and two. He has the hellacious talent, but what Ole Miss do have to realize too is he's not the only quarterback that that can win games out there so we you know if, if Lane Kiffin recruits and, and recruits well if we get him it should be another piece to a really good bunch of players if not you should be able to add a quarterback at equally as good so um yeah that's 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 just the honest truth of it looking to next year and I'm not trying to reopen old wounds here I promise but you've been in this position before with a team when y'all went into the year number four in the country, taking that next step to the next tier. Because if you look at Alabama, they lose a lot. Mac Jones, Devontae Smith, Najee Harris, Jalen Waddell, oh God, Alex Leatherwood. They lose a lot. Landon Dickerson. Defensively, Patrick Sertain, Dylan Moses, Barrymore on the defensive line. They lose a lot. You expect Alabama to reload, so let's not pretend like next year Alabama's going to take a step back. Who we don't know right now will be continuing for the Heisman probably next year, whoever's under center. Maybe they're running back, it doesn't matter. They reload, but Ole Miss returns so much more, offensively at least. Defensively, what gives you encouragement is they've got 15 December signees that are coming in this month, seven of which are on defense. 
that's an encouraging thing. That means that reinforcements are coming, and they did show signs of improvement towards the end of the year. If you look at across the board, the way too early top 25s, ESPN Ole Miss is 18th, The Athletic 22nd, Stadium 24th. Ole Miss is going to get a lot of preseason hype. Y'all dealt with that, but how do you take that step? How do you get to the next tier in order to fulfill that preseason hype that they're inevitably going to get, considering everything that they got coming back? Yeah, they're just going to have to kind of put the blinders on and, um, you know, do, do the things that they were doing to try to get out of this hole so that they, they got to the top of the hill, man. I mean, they that they fight and clawed their way all the way to, to the top of the hill. Now they got to do what it takes to, to get over the hill and, and be a consistent winning program. And um, they're just not there yet, simply. I mean, on paper, it looks like they're they're closer to being there, but they cannot go into this this offseason thinking that they've arrived. They, can, they have to go into it with the same mindset they went into it with this year was – you know, hat down, work hard, try to get out of the um, out of the losing mentality that that's been around here for the last couple of years. So, um, it's just it's a mindset you got to have. We did it when I was with the Bears in 2017. We were really bad. We went five and eleven, and we went to the off season kind of no expectation, just like hey, we're sick of losing. Everybody was working hard. We went twelve and four, and um, boom, you know, the next year comes around. We're supposed to you know potentially compete for the Super Bowl. We come out and go eight and eight, and barely go eight and eight. eight. So. Um, if you think you've arrived, the minute you think you've arrived, just because it says it on paper, you're, you're more than likely going to be very disappointed and end up right around 500 or right back where you were the year before. So the mindset's got to be there. They've got to, um, you know, got to work really hard, got to, got to know what's on the table, but at the same time, um, you know, paper, paper rankings and stuff really, really don't mean shit. Take me into the locker room right now. What are the players, what's their approach? Well, well, I'm hoping that um, what happened here was a lot of guys built some confidence um, that, that they may not have had in the past. And, and with winning and success, you, you start developing some leaders on the team, some guys that um, you know, may have not have been leader type of guys before because it was just bad, bad team, you know. But whenever you start winning, you get guys who really like that taste and they start stepping up and making sure everything's everybody's doing what's right and doing the right things to get back there um, is usually what happens. So so right now, if I had to guess, man, these guys are probably taking a, a slight little break, but as soon as they come back, they, um, yeah, I'm sure the energy will be really high. They got a little taste of what it was to be on the national stage and in, in the Outback Bowl. And they have a lot of the same faces back, so they know each other really well. So it's just a matter of everybody getting together and, and no bullshit, no playing around. Let's, let's, uh, let's have fun together, but at the same time, when it's time to work, let's all compete and make each other better. So whenever we get out there, we're um, you know we're brothers. We 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 went through the, the fire together, and then we get out there. It's it's time to roll, man. You know what you can do. You know you've competed versus some of the best this year, and you almost won damn near every game. So just get a little step better, and you, you should have a chance to be right back in those games. And maybe when you get to the end of the game versus an Auburn or a, an LSU, you finish these games next year, and you step on their throat. Golly, I'm going to sound like a cheerleader or whatever any spirit hater likes to say about the spirit. But if you look around the league. Well, just in the division, the SEC West. LSU is replacing both coordinators. They got a lot of young talent, and that offense is going to be good, but they replaced both coordinators. Auburn's got a brand new staff. By the way, old friend to Ole Miss, Tracy Rocker, returning home to the Plains. And then Texas A&M loses Kellen Mond and four starting offensive linemen. So the main contenders, you would say, would be Alabama, LSU, Texas A&M. Auburn's in that fringe category. You'd probably put Auburn and Ole Miss in that second tier. 
I don't know what Mississippi State's necessarily going to be in year two under Mike Leach, but they did show some signs of being better. It opens a path once you start breaking this down, and this will happen over the course of the next couple of months. Nobody is better positioned offensively than Ole Miss is, and the numbers encourage you and make you think that if defensively the numbers they landed as far as new personnel, if they just hit on a handful of those guys, they can make a marketed improvement. Well, offensively, they're already there. Matt Corral was first in the country in total offense, 384.3 yards per game. Lane Kiffin's offense finished third, 555.5 yards per game. So that part of it's there, and it returns. You're just restarting. Jeremy James, by the way, I can't remember who ranked him this way, but he was a freshman All-American at guard. He could potentially slide over to right tackle. Maybe it's one of the guys that didn't play much this year that redshirted that they like a lot, but they return all the offensive firepower save for Elijah Moore. Now, Elijah Moore is a big piece, but they got the Western Kentucky transfer. They've got potentially John Rice Plumley going to be repping there all summer. There's a lot to potentially like about Ole Miss, especially when you compare it to the rest of the division. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, there, there's no reason for us not to take another step, step forward, especially if we have a spring we have a more normal year than, than we had the year before. You would think these guys are going to be pretty comfortable and, and able to take another step in this offense. So um, I was texting a group, mex- group message of mine where I have a Georgia Georgia fan, LSU fan, and Clemson fan. I mean, that's a tough group message to be in now. And I told them, I said, listen, you guys screenshot this shit right now, but Ole Miss could represent the West last year. And they 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 literally thought I was – they are like, are you drunk right now? They have no clue because they just don't pay attention like we do. But – at the end of the day, Ole Miss is going to have a chance to compete next year. And the only ones that really believe that are the ones who know what they're looking at. And um, I think this team within believes it as well. So um, it could be fun. I hope they have that attitude because I'm telling you right now, there's no reason why Ole Miss shouldn't be able to go toe-to-toe again with Alabama. With, with all the guys they had this year, they almost got them. There's no reason why they can't step up and go toe-to-toe. This, this year lines up for Ole Miss to be right there in it and competing. And I know I sound like a huge fan, but they're, they're, the proof is in the pudding. You look at this year, you know, how they play these teams. I mean, they, this was year one of Lane Kiffin's offense and essentially have everybody coming back and we played every team toe-to-toe. So there's no reason why Ole Miss should not compete. If we don't compete this year, it, it would be a, it would be from a lack of a lack of hard work or, or something because the talent, we have plenty enough talent to beat these teams. We'll get right back to Bradley Sal in this edition of Talk of Champions with Vince Sanders coming up on the Modern Woman phone line after I tell you briefly about Chinese Pharmacy, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. A new year is here, and you want to put your best foot forward. The only way to do that is to make sure that you're taking care of yourself, that you're keeping yourself safe, that your pharmacy is one you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that, Chinese Pharmacy a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the rebels themselves. Chinese Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Chinese also accepts all third-party insurance. Chinese Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there, hands down, it's not close. So give Chinese a call, 662-234-7221 or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at Chaney'sPharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Chaney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. Yeah, we sound like big homers right now, but 
What else are we going to talk about? Ole Miss basketball is really struggling. Baseball hasn't opened practices yet. Actually, two days from now, the 15th, we're recording Wednesday night. Ole Miss baseball are open practices, and that's definitely a team to follow. They're going to be a national championship contender. I actually got a story on the Ole Miss spirit right now, three storylines to follow as Ole Miss opens practices. The bullpen rolls, Tim Elko probably taking over for Tyler Keenan at third base, and then Kevin Graham, who had an incredible fall, potentially sliding in if he continues that as a middle-of-the-order bat and handling one of those corner outfield spots. Those are the biggest storylines because the rest of it, it's pretty settled. Anthony Servideo is gone, yes, at shortstop, but Jacob Gonzalez is going to step in there. True freshman, really raked in the fall. There's a lot to like about Ole Miss baseball, and I got a lot of interviews lined up for this podcast coming up here on Talk of Champions in the next couple of weeks. But for now, football is still on the brain, and Vince Sanders is coming up here shortly on the Modern Women's phone line. But if you look at next year, and this is all way too early, I don't know when we're going to talk about it again. But since we're on the topic, Ole Miss opens in Atlanta against Louisville. Yeah, Louisville went 4-7 and seven this year, but four of those losses were on the road by seven or fewer points. They had the best passing defense in the ACC. That's 189 yards per game. And they return an experienced dual-threat quarterback in Malik Cunningham. So let's not pretend like Ole Miss is opening against some cupcake. This is not Eli Manning opening with Murray State. This is Louisville in Atlanta. So if you're Ole Miss and you want to get off on the right foot and also set the tone and trajectory for the rest of the season, then that Louisville game looms large. I think it's going to tell us a really clear picture or give us a pretty clear picture about what Ole Miss is going to be. Yeah, you're not the same in game one as you are in game 12, but Louisville, to start, is a good barometer for if Ole Miss is going to just be able to pick up where it left off this year, I think. Yeah, I mean, I'll say this. I I think starting the the season with a quality opponent um, gives you even more motivation in the offseason. I always found that whenever... Uh, we were playing the Packers or, or one of the, the big dogs per se to, to start the season. You always had that on your mind and um, you always felt like, Hey, hey man, I mean, you're, you're getting tested right away. I got to, got to get as, as good as I can get to open up. Cause I, you know, have a challenge. So I like that we're starting out with a quality opponent. I think that um, it's going to tell us right away what kind of team we are. And if we're as good as I think we're going to be, I think we'll, we'll, we'll handle them pretty well. A game that worries me is Tulane. Because Tulane ran the ball really well this year, and Ole Miss was 101st in the country in rush defense. I do think that's going to improve, especially when you factor in the JUCO defensive tackles, Iton, Jamon Gordon. One of those two guys is going to be good from game one on, like DJ Jones was. But that game worries me. And then you got Liberty, and God knows the circus around that game when Hugh Freeze comes into town. So it's... It's going to be awful. We're smashing them. I, I'm, I'm calling it now. We're smashing them. But keep going. Point being, the non-con, while manageable, is not a cakewalk. Yeah, this year you like to say, okay, almost finished four and five in the regular season, beat Indiana in the Outback Bowl to finish five and five. But four and five in the regular season, if you play that out in a regular season, that's eight and four, nine and three. With this non-con, there are a lot of booby traps that Ole Miss could step into that could derail things a little bit. If you really want to, if you're Lane Kiffin, if you're Ole Miss, take that step, be that program that Lane Kiffin thought he was coming into, and that's one that beat Alabama twice when he was on staff at Alabama, the only team to beat Alabama twice. If you plan to be that team, the thorn in the side of Alabama, 
that just wins cha- national championship after national championship, just one on Monday, then you have to navigate a non-con where you're going to get challenged at areas that were your biggest weaknesses this year. That's what I speak about with Tulane and that run defense that was so bad this year. Tulane's going to run it at you. Can you stop them? Because if they run on you, yeah, you'll probably win the game regardless. But if they run on you, that could be a precursor or an early warning sign to what will be a season-long problem. Yeah, if if we're at the point where we're worried about Tulane, you know, beating us, I don't. I think we would have not made the step that I, that I think we're gonna gonna make. So, um, yeah, certainly they could present a challenge with their run game. But um, you know, you, you got to think that our defense is about to improve. Um, I like all the guys we got coming back. I like the guys we got coming in. And I think just just from a from an attitude standpoint, this off season, I hope they rub that shit in their face all off season about about where they were ranked and everything. And and hopefully there's some guys on that side of the ball that'll take some pride in it and step up and and hold guys accountable and improve on that side of the ball. And then on offense, they can't get too big for their britches. I mean, they can't read all their stats and all that and think, hey man, it's just going to roll out there and happen again. They have to continue to get better. They have to find things that, that they weren't good at, you know. Um, and they have to be be improving as well. It just it has to be an overall attitude of um, you know, no hard work and and, and want to. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll be interested to see how how they approach this off season, and um, hopefully it's it's with the right attitude. So they come out and they're as good as, as they can be. Maybe this is the deep rooted we are Ole Miss that's in me, but the more I look at this schedule, the more I absolutely hate the schedule. Louisville. Liberty, Tulane, and then you open SEC play against Alabama. Well, no, not against, at Alabama. And I'm looking at Alabama's potential roster next year. So replacing Mac Jones, oh, it's just a former five-star in Bryce Young. So Bryce Young, I, I guess, will be the next Heisman candidate. Doesn't matter who he hires, Nick Saban, his offensive coordinator. It was Lane Kiffin, then it was Sark. His next reclamation project will be Bill O'Brien or somebody like that. Doesn't matter. Bryce Young, yeah, he's the next guy up. Yeah, there. Hey, we we get to we get to challenge right away. I mean, hey, how about this? How about we go down there and and beat them right away? And then you look at you think you go down there and beat them, and and then it, then for the rest of the year you feel like you should you should be able to handle the rest of it. So, you know, you got it. You got to beat them guys to get to Atlanta. I don't care what part of the schedule it's on. Um, so, I mean, let, let, let's have them early and see what happens. And um, you know, it's. Uh, I certainly think it's going to be a very competitive game when, when that time comes, if everything plays out like we think. And um, yeah, it'll be it'll be nice to 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 put it to them early and then then roll the rest of the way. Which positions for Ole Miss give you the best sleep at night? Give you most comfort that you're not worried about? Um, obviously, quarterback and running back is. <clears throat> I'm feel feel very confident there. Um, O-line, I, I, I just think not even from a, from a personnel standpoint, I think we got plenty of enough good guys. I think that just seeing the way those guys played this year, I know, I know they're in good hands with coach Clements and, um, I mean, those guys all played hard and they, they finish. I think no matter who's out there, I think he's going to get the best out of them. And I think that group's going to be very serviceable. Um, you know, on, on the defensive side of the ball, I think our secondary is going to be much improved. Um, but you know, we got a lot of guys returning. I actually think that's going to be one of our, you know, best strengths next year. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, there's a lot of positions that, that I think that, that you can get some comfort in. Now that we need to add some on the D line for the most part, we're, we're just adding guys to a, to a roster that should already be very competitive. 
What are the three positions that give you the most sleepless nights? Oh, I think it's for sure probably D-line, linebacker, and um, tight end. I, I just, I mean, obviously we all know who's coming. I mean, not we all, but me and you know who's coming in, and most guys know who's coming in um, in the recruiting world. But, um, you know, still, he's still got to get there and prove himself, um, you know, and then you, know, you just, you don't know how the, the Wolf kid's going to come in and how he does. And I think tight end's a big part of this offense. So if that position turns out to be a dud, I think it could really hurt us, um, you know, going forward. Yeah. I think the one that is most concerning, I, I think they'll be fine at linebacker, but defensive line just waiting to see if Sam Williams can bounce back and be strong like it was toward the end of the year. Ryder Anderson doesn't really matter, to be honest with you, but Jamon Gordon, Iton, one of those two guys taking over and being good. There's a lot to like about Ole Miss, but I'm telling you, just looking at the schedule, I don't know. Not as confident as I was coming into this podcast. Now, granted, we had no idea what we were going to talk about. We just sat down and started talking. This is where we got to. I just, I don't know. Maybe it's the We Are Ole Miss that's just deeply ingrained in me at this point, but I'm looking at the schedule, and it's just its pretty tough, man. What happens first? Kind of piggybacking off of a mailbag question from Monday. Which happens first? Ole Miss gets to Atlanta. Lane Kiffin leaves. I think I think if we're going to get to Atlanta while Lane Kiffin is here, it's going to be next year. I think next year is, is our best bet because here's, here's why. You got Matt Corral coming back who is um, – you know, absolutely going to be one of the top quarterbacks in the nation based off what he did last year if he takes another step. Um, you know, and you got most of your offense back and you got a lot of your defense back. So um, I think next year is going to be Lane Kiffin's best shot while he's in a in an Ole Miss hat. Because um, after that, you lose your quarterback, then it could take another couple of years to break him, you know, to, to get Luke or whoever's in there up to speed I can see is after this after this year maybe taking a step back to you know seven six seven wins somewhere in there before going um you know before taking ultimately another step so um it's just a matter of Lane's going to stay past you know past the the next couple years um to tell so I I think that if he's going to do it it's got to be next year does Ole Miss make it to Atlanta in your in my lifetime (laughs) I've been saying yes since 1990 something probably but um, at some point, you got to think we're going to break through, man. I mean, um, when we win, we do recruits do come here, and there is, um, you know, we've, we've been close before with a lot with this with a lot less than we have now. So, um, this program can be built correctly, and it can um, it has potential to to you know field a winner and a championship program. It's just a matter of the right guys are going to keep doing whatever it takes to to put that that together like a Lane Kiffin and a Jeff Levy um you know extension and, you know Keith Carter could be that could be the man that that puts Ole Miss on the map by, by providing them all the resources possible and not caring what it costs and um you know that the church because they know when you put a winner on there out there on the field it benefits everybody in Oxford and, and, and everybody around the school so no matter what it costs let's let's do what it takes to to, to take that next step at Ole Miss well that's fine but Ole Miss has no money right now so any thoughts about any type of uh, major improvements, breaking dirt tomorrow? That ain't happening. Another newsworthy item, Hudson Wolf, according to David Johnson, who works with me at the Ole Miss Spirit, OleMissSpirit.com, has been cleared to go and will arrive on the Ole Miss campus on Monday to begin his career as a Rebel, the four-star tight end, suffered a herniated disc in his back last February while competing in a seven-on-seven tournament but he was recently given the green light by his doctors to begin football-related activities. 
The injury required surgery, and it cost Wolf his senior season of high school football. But he's 6'7", 240, ranked as a four-star prospect according to the industry-generated 247 Sports Composite, the number 216 national prospect, number seven tight end in the country. That's big news. That's huge news. Um, you know, excited, excited that he's, you know, that's, that's a big position of need for Ole Miss. So um, Hudson, get your ass there on Monday and get ready to go. We got to try to find our next tight end. Um, that's that's definitely definitely a chance, a position where you can can play early, and um, you know I think that um, the team will be counting on him and and whoever the transfer is coming in, and that'll definitely be um be be a spot that that'll that that'll be there for the taking for somebody. He's gonna room with Luke Altmaier. I like that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Get a little chemistry there, maybe a little small red zone action between the two at some point. Um, yeah, two two good rebels in the future for sure. Have you watched his film? Yeah, I have. He, um, if you look at him just standing there, he doesn't look like he's athletic. But whenever he actually is out there playing and running, he's actually pretty swift for for his height. So, um, yeah, he's very impressive. Very impressive on film. I have not. I didn't see much blocking. Blocking, um, it's just hard to tell in high school how really good they're going to be at blocking. But he just certainly has the frame to to get to that two fifty five, two sixty range with some with some good muscle and and, and be plenty of plenty of good enough blocker. Can he play as early as next year? I think absolutely. Now, um, nowadays, tight ends for if if he can receive and he's and he's you know swift enough to get open, he'll definitely play. Just because um, I mean the tight ends just they did in this offense even even so I mean they don't they're not really asked to block like like they used to be. They're not really as in line as they were. So if he can you know if he can cut block on on a little whack block and then get open, he'll certainly be able to play right away. Um, obviously, he'll have to get a little better. Looking to be to be an every down guy, but um, yeah, I mean he's he he can certainly if he can catch and he can get open, he'll he'll play play regardless to start. Got to get to Vince Sanders, but like I said at the top of the show, ESPN has Ole Miss for next year. Way too early, top twenty five, eighteenth. The Athletic twenty second, Stadium twenty fourth, two four seven has Ole Miss receiving votes. Sporting News has Ole Miss at twenty one. Which of those do you buy more, the high end at eighteen or the low end just receiving votes? I like I like is inside the top twenty five for sure. Um, I think based off what we have coming back and what we did to close the season, um, I think we're very worthy of that. And I think what's going to help, obviously, have the non conference that we win those. We're going to be an eight nine win team, so I like us. I like us in that top twenty five, right? You know, anywhere between eighteen to twenty five to start with a chance to to catch fire and, and do better than expected and, and get in that get inside the top fifteen if if all goes the way it looks on paper. What's the floor for Ole Miss next year? I mean, the, the the floor is no doubt six or seven wins. I mean, that's if we get unlucky and just you know lose some close games, lose maybe lose you know one or two of the non conference, and um, it, there's there's no way this team doesn't win at least you know six or seven, even if even if it looks shitty. I think there's just too much talent, too much experience returning, too much leadership. Um, the floor is six or seven, one hundred percent there. So the ceiling would be what? I think the ceiling would be a, I think would be a potential, you know, 10, 11 win season that would be with us, you know, having a few upsets in there, um, kind of getting hot at the right time. I think that, um, you know, 10, 11 wins could potentially happen, but it would have to be, everything would have to go right. I think Ole Miss fans can seriously expect us to be eight or nine wins going back to a a capital one or an outback, something like that. I think it'd be a very successful year, um, you know, going into next year, going into the year after that. Got to jump to the Modern Woman phone line and speak to Vince Sanders. 
you know all about subscribing and rating and reviewing and going to the Ole Miss spirit. Ole Miss basketball struggling, blew a lead at Florida. They're up 61-52 to with just over six minutes left. Florida closed with a 20-2 run, 14 and nothing in the final, I think, five minutes. If you're looking for some potential hope for the future, there were some encouraging signs in that game. But Grant Slayton, one of the signees in uh, the fall, he's averaging 35.9 points per game. Volume shooter, too. Ole Miss needs shooting. Maybe Grant Slayton is a true freshman. He's the answer. But I thought Matthew Morrell would be making a bigger impact right now, and he's not. And that raises bigger questions that we'll have to answer at some point and have to ask at some point. But this was not going to be a basketball podcast. I refuse to let it be a basketball podcast. Don't know what I really say right now. Ole Miss baseball's heating up, and I know you're excited about baseball season. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to see that. That pitching rotation is going to look good. I can't wait to see the Gonzalez kid. I think Elko's going to be the be the, be the staple in the lineup. Yeah, there's just a lot to be excited about, man. I mean, one thing Ole Miss fans do got to realize, though, every team's different, and they, they can't think that same 16-1 and one team's coming back. So, um, you know, this is going to be a whole new team, whole new identity. Um, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But, um, you know, this this will be a new team, so they'll, um, they'll have to go out there and, and earn their respect just like the team did the year before. Your boy Houston Nutt on Wednesday – Went down to Jackson, Mississippi, and hung out with Deion Sanders, now the head coach at Jackson State. When's the last time you talked to Houston? Um, I talked to Houston probably that Mississippi State game in the locker room back in 2011. I mean, that's probably the last time I talked to him. Um, If I had to guess the reason Houston was there is because Mike Markison is actually the offensive line coach, so he probably – probably had him um, had Houston involved some kind of way or had him down there to, to visit. So much for one heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know that Houston talked to many of the guys after that. After that season, that was a rough year, and um, he was ready to he was ready to get out of there as well as a lot of other people. Very chilled talk of champions. Just kind of sat back, talked. Didn't really know what to talk about today. But Vince Sanders has got a lot to say. So we're gonna go to the Modern Women phone line first. We gotta say bye to Brad. Bye, Brad. See you, Ben. Hotty toddy. If you haven't already subscribed, rate, review, talk of champions in iTunes. I also write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and Philip247 Sports. Going down to the Modern Women phone line to speak to Vince Sanders, former Ole Miss wide receiver. First, let's hear from BNA Bank and Modern Women. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Are you tired of working 9 to 5 for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else? Well, our sponsor of the Talk of Champions phone line is Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, and he's looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary, but you do have to be a resident of Mississippi. And what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and who wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits, such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. For more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas personally. You can find him on Facebook, or his number is 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. That's Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. The Modern Woodman phone line. Cool, we'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. 
where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel sports. Modern Woodman, let's make a difference together. Going now to the Modern Woodman phone line to speak to former Ole Miss wide receiver Vince Sanders. Vince, what's up, man? How you doing? Pretty good, man. How about yourself? I'm good. Tell the people what you're doing now. Uh, right now, I'm in uh, Marion, Arkansas, and I'm coaching high school football at Marion High School on the Keith um, Houston, also a former Ole Miss Rebel. Does it feel weird even now to be considered a former Ole Miss Rebel? For me, it's even hard because I remember covering you. It feels like yesterday. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I think about it sometimes, and uh, it's been over like six years almost since, you know, I've been in a uniform. And, you know, sometimes I watch the season, you know, reminisce a little bit. Um, you know, my girl, she Mississippi State. She graduated from Mississippi State, so, um, you know, I make her watch all my old videos. But, yeah, man, it's, you know, time going by, you know, life keep going. And, you know, I never thought I'd be a coach, but uh, here I am. Yeah, you're coaching wide receivers, special teams. Do you sometimes feel the itch? to throw on some pads and show those guys it's only been six years that you can still do it? Well, I think I still got the skills, you know, as far as catching the ball and everything. But when it comes to being in shape, <laughs> I don't think I'm quite there yet. So, uh, you know, I joke with them every now and then, you know, tell them they can't hold me. But, you know, deep down inside, I know they'll come out on top because I'm so out of shape. You've always been such a mellow guy. Now, on the field, you're a true competitor, but – off the field, a very mellow guy. How has that translated? What is Vince Sanders, the coach, like? Oh, pretty much the same way. You know, I'm mellow until, you know, I get tired of seeing the same mistake being made. Then, you know, I got to come out of my comfort zone and try to correct the um, problem. But, um, you know, I'm laid back, man. You know, I always, you know, I always believe in you got to stay um, calm in tough situations. And, um, you know, I just always be myself and, you know, act how um, I think I should act at that given moment. Now, when you came out, um, you mentioned you weren't anticipating becoming a coach, but it came pretty quickly, including in 2017, you joined Northeast as wide receivers coach. So for you, it's been a natural progression. What do you think you've learned the most as far as how to be a coach? Uh, patience. You know, you got to have patience because, you know, you got to remember that, yes, you know more than the athletes know, know at that age. And, you know, sometimes you expect them to know certain things and you got to, you know, step back and be like, you know, I made the same mistakes, you know, when I was their age. So just having patience and um, always trying to find a different way to, um, you know, make a change in the um, – and in and, and my player's life. Anything in particular that you picked up at Ole Miss that you've directly tried to take to your coaching career and teaching these kids? I mean, build a relationship. You know, you, you know, first and foremost, if you want some, somebody to do something for you, they got to be able to trust you, like with anything else in life. So, you know, um, building a relationship at Ole Miss, you know, um, I think, I would say me and Coach Harry had, you know, a pretty good relationship. And so um, Coach Nitz and the other coaches also. But, um, you know, you always got to build that relationship from day one so they can trust you, 
So um, the future won't be that rough. Coach Hurd was a former wide receiver coaching wide receivers. You're a former wide receiver coaching wide receivers. What's the first thing that a good wide receiver has to learn to take his game to the next level? Uh, for me, you know, believing in yourself. You know, even before you step out there on the field, I, you know, I believe, man, that you should believe in yourself, you know, because if you don't, nobody else will. So, you know, believing in yourself and, um, you know, having a plan, you know, understand why you're doing what you're doing, whether it's a release, you know, um, a certain technique, I mean, a certain technique you use when you're catching the ball, you know, just understand why you're doing what you're doing. What part of your game at Ole Miss made you so good, do you think? Was it your release off the line of scrimmage, your ability to get in and out of breaks? What allowed you to get open? You already were a talented player, former four-star, but what allowed you to be so productive? When did your game open up? What allowed it to open up? Uh, I think, you know, it's a little bit of everything. You know, like you mentioned, my release off the line. Um, coming out of high school, one of my knocks was, that I was too small, uh, I might have trouble getting off the line. So I always kept that in the back of my mind. And, um, you know, being able to get out of breaks, you know, being a um, two-sport athlete in high school, you know, playing basketball, doing a lot of jumping, uh, you know, a whole different types of agility. So um, I think all of that played a part of me being a receiver. I was being so athletic and being able to do different things. Now, coming out of Macon, you were the number one player in Mississippi. You're a dandy dozen selection. I think you were a top 15 receiver nationally. Who all did it come down to, really? Okay, now my top three was Ole Miss, Florida State, and Mississippi State. I ain't want to be too close to home. I ain't want to be too far. And I, you know, felt like Ole Miss was in that perfect range, you know, about two hours away. You know, um, I would think, you know, if I'm – at Mississippi State, I'm 25 minutes from my hometown. You know, I might be down there too much. You know, young and not really understanding the lifestyle of being a um, student athlete. So um, I just thought Ole Miss, they were the first school that offered me also. So they played a big part in my decision. So, yeah, that's why I ain't no two Ole Miss. For a lot of people that don't know, what recruiting is like. Now it's changed a lot. These kids are all about social media these days, but what is recruiting like for a prospect? Can it get pretty tiresome after a while? Oh, yeah. You know, at first, when it first starts off, you know, everything new, and you happy you're getting all the attention you're getting. But, you know, once it gets close to signing, though, you kind of have, have an idea idea where you're going. You know, like you said, you know, you still got coaches pounding you, man. You know, you got to make a decision. Do you want to be, you know, um, rude and not talk to them or, you know, um, answer the phone? So it was kind of hard. I remember, it, you know, it was times when I had a basketball game. I come back from a basketball game at like 10 something at night. I got a um, certain school there, you know, want to talk to me. And I'm like, you know, it's, 10 o'clock at night, you know, <laughs> like this could have waited a couple more hours, you know, but yeah, you know, I enjoyed it all. You know, it um, showed me a lot of things and um, made me realize a lot of things also. What was Vince Sanders, the basketball player, like? I was all right, you know, very athletic, you know, um, 
my strength with my, I mean, went to my defense, and I was a slasher. You know, I got a good vertical, so that helped out a lot. So, um, yeah, you know, I don't think I'll be the last guy to get picked up at a um, basketball court. So No, that'd be me, Vince. That'd yeah. be me. I'd be the last one picked. <laughs> Could you dunk back then, and can you still dunk? Oh, yeah, I still got it. Uh, I can, you know, um, vertical dunk, you know, all that. I asked that because I've had Kenshaw Lockett on this podcast countless times, and he always talked about when they weren't playing football, y'all play basketball a lot, or just teammates would play basketball a lot. And Shea Hodge would put on a show on a basketball court. Was it like that with your teams too? Would y'all go out and play basketball? And if so, who showed out? Oh, yeah, we'll do the same thing. Uh, we'll go play five on five, four court. I mean, there's different guys. You know, one guy that stood out to me was Larry McTonson. You know, he come in as a freshman, tall, big, and his footwork, you know, his footwork in the post was unbelievable, you know. And um, that one of the guys I remember that stood out. Me, like, I remember saying to myself, like, oh, yeah, he going to be something special because he moves so smooth on the court, you know. But, you know, you had other guys, you know, like Dante, Moncrief, um, Devontae, Kincaid, you know, he was pretty good. Uh, DJ Jones, he was another guy that can jump out the gym. I mean, we had a lot of guys that, you know, were pretty good athletes. What's it like to see your former teammates like Dante, like DJ, like Laramie, still in the league and still doing big things? Did you always envision that? And did you know that the teams that you were on, the talent around you, y'all were going to be producing a lot of NFL players? Oh, yeah, man. It's feel good seeing them guys, you know, still in the league, you know, making a difference. Uh, I watch them every chance I get. Uh, you know, I feel proud to tell, you know, my, my, my parents that I'm coaching now and other people I know that I know them guys, you know, play with them. So, uh, yeah, you know, and I realized we had a lot of NFL talent on the team because I went against it every day. And I seen it with my eyes, you know, pretty much every day for three, four years. So, uh, yeah, I know we had a special team. I tell everybody to this day, like, that. 13 to 14 year, like we had some dogs on that team. Like we were special, you know. And I hate we didn't get into the playoff, you know, but everything happened for a reason. I don't know if uh, fourth and 25 happened for a reason. I think that's just shitty luck, if you're asking me, Vince. Oh, yeah. I mean, I agree, but um, yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. But it was fun times, you know. You sit back and think about all the memories you had, and it was good times, man. What was your favorite personal memory? Not necessarily the team, because we can go through a lot of those games, but you personally. I would venture to guess that it was the 34-yard touchdown when y'all upset Alabama, came from behind to win that game. One of the most memorable games in recent Ole Miss football history, game day being there that day. Is that it, or is there another moment I'm not even thinking about? No, I would say that would be the uh, most memorable moment I had. If not that one, I was like, we played against Mississippi State in 2012. I scored on the touchdown, like, late in the game. And I had, like, three or four of their players on me trying to, you know, pull me back. And I still got in. I think that probably would be number one because, they're, I mean, that was the only time I scored against Mississippi State. And uh, it felt good, you know, doing that against them. 
We'll get right back to former Ole Miss wide receiver Vince Sanders in this edition of Talk of Champions after I tell you briefly about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. It's a new year. 2020, that awful, awful year, is behind us, thank goodness. And that means new beginnings. Maybe even a new car. Well, if you're in the market, there's only one place to go. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. They're going to take care of you, get you into your next vehicle with a great deal. Their inventory right now is priced to sell, and what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford is Brian and Mason and the rest of the staff. They aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. And when you go, make sure to mention that Talk of Champions sent you. These guys are hardcore Ole Miss fans. They're going to want to talk some Rebel sports. But more importantly, they want to make the process as seamless as possible, that you get what you want at a good price. So contact them today at 662-234-8000. You can stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. That's where you got to go to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Alan Samuels, let's be friends. You had 86 yards against Mississippi State. Like you mentioned, only 20 minutes away is Mississippi State. For you, it's unique. Now, I don't really feel like the kids in-state have that same draw to stay in-state, and I don't think that they necessarily have the same type of uh, rivalry feeling if they're playing for Ole Miss or Mississippi State towards the other team. But you definitely had that reaction, right? Like, giving it to Mississippi State, did that feel good? Oh, yeah, it did because, you know, during the recruitment process, you know, Muddins uh, told me if I went to Ole Miss, they were going to beat me all four years. So, you know, I kind of took that personal. And uh, they got us too, but we came out on top twice also. So uh, it was a fun battle. You know, like you said, I'm 20 minutes away. So pretty much most of my family uh, state fans. And uh, so, you know, I was kind of like the loner, you know. I had certain family, you know, support me. You know, everybody supported me, but, you know, they were originally uh, state fans. So, yeah, it was kind of, you know, crazy. You brought up all that talent you played with, but initially it wasn't that way. Once the turnaround happened, Freeze arrives, go to the Birmingham Bowl. How special was that year, knowing that that was the start of what was a pretty remarkable turnaround for Ole Miss football? Oh, it was very special, you know. That was our first one. You know, we got the experience, you know, what it feels like, not only to be at a bowl game, but to win it. You know, like you mentioned, you know, my first two years, red shirt year and freshman year, it was tough on the winning two games and, you know, and freeze coming in, in his style, changing the whole environment, you know. I felt like more guys bought in and, um, you know, once you buy in, you start to see success and the um, more success we saw, you know, more guys ball in and it was special, man, just to go from winning two games to winning a bowl game, just like that, you know, one one off season and change staff and some more guys come in, you know, to help and we were bowl like we were champions of a bowl game. It's so interesting, too, because it was so miserable, and then Freeze comes in, and you look at his staff now, Tom Allen at Indiana, they're all spread out, and they're all doing big things, it seems like. Kane Walmack, for example, is now the head coach of South Alabama. Time keeps going, Vince. You said so. Is it a strange thing? No, not really. You know, I just, like you said, it's kind of, you know, exciting or cool to see, 
you know, all the guys kind of doing their own thing, you know, you know, and being successful at doing it. You know, like you mentioned, Tom Madden and um, Coach Hurd, um, they played against Ole Miss. I know their game meant something to them, you know. Like, you know, so it just good seeing all, the, seeing all my former coaches, you know, spread out there doing their own thing, you know, free and liberty. He um, having, you know, he breaking records and setting milestones for that university. So, yeah, it's a um, cool feeling seeing that. At the time, you were one of 19 players that had 100 career catches, and I think three other players have done it since, Elijah Moore, A.J. Brown, Laquan Treadwell. When you look at this school and the wide receivers it produces, does it give you a sense of pride that you're one of those that kept the line moving, that has built this reputation for Ole Miss, that if you come here as a wide receiver, there's a good chance you're going to leave as one of the most accomplished in college football? Oh, yeah, I do. I mean, Ole Miss is a great university, um, like it changed my life. It changed me as a man through the good and bad. So, you know, just knowing that, okay, man, at one point I was, like you mentioned, top nine or whatever it was, receivers that had 100 plus catches. And um, just to see other guys come on, like every year I'd be like, somebody new going to break the previous guy's record, you know, so I expect that to happen because at Ole Miss, you know, if you're a receiver, you're going to get the ball and you're going to have plenty of opportunities to be successful. So, um, like I said, it changed my life and Ole Miss is a great university. They always going to have great coaches on the staff and um, I'm just excited about next year coming up. You know, we got Sam Williams, I put him in JUCO. So uh, I think he's coming back for another year. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited. That's what I was going to ask. Have you continued to follow Ole Miss, watch games and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. Uh, I try to get down there, you know, every opportunity I get. So uh, if I can't get down there, I catch it on TV. But, yeah, I don't um, keep up with them. You didn't coach Sam's position group at Northeast, but, again, you were on that coaching staff. You're right. What was he like in JUCO? Did you know he was going to end up what he is now? And that's I know that this year wasn't necessarily what he wanted because of everything that happened, but he's got a chance next year, coming back for another year, to be um, an NFL draft pick. Did you see that pretty early from him? Oh, yeah. I mean, I want to say too early. You know, it took some maturing on his side. You know, once he did that, you know, he he always been athletic. He can jump out the gym. He can um, he got a he gonna run a great forty. He's strong in the weight room. Like he got everything he needs, you know, and I feel like next year he really gonna lock in and he's gonna go out there and get it. You know, he got he got all the tools. Like, you know, I played basketball with him. He put his elbow in the rim like it's nothing, you know, like he just that athletic, so yeah, I've seen, you know, he had the potential to be what he is today. Even though you're removed from it now as a former Ole Miss player, do you still feel connected to Ole Miss? Do you still feel the love from Ole Miss fans and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. You know, um, every time I go down there, well, not every time, like doing football season, when I go down there in the Grove, you know, people, you know, still recognize me. And, you know, that made me feel good, you know, inside knowing that, you know, when they say once you become a rebel, you're always a rebel, you know, I like I can truly say that statement is true, you know. So yeah, I still receive the love on social media, 
I still got people that follow me when I was playing, you know, that still reach out, see how I'm doing through social media and everything. So, uh, yeah, man, it's, um, especially knowing that you always go back and feel like family. When you coming back? I don't know. Like I said, I'm trying to tell my girl we need to go down there and have um, lunch or something on the square. So it's going to be go. pretty soon. It's going to be pretty soon. Well, good. Well, before I let you go, like I mentioned, like we've talked about, you're in coaching now. For you, what's the dream? Where do you want to end up? Uh, one day I want to get back on the college level. Um, like, you know, I was on the college level and I dropped down to high school uh, to see how it was. And uh, I enjoy it, but, you know, it's different, you know. So one day I like to get back on the college, though. I enjoy high school, but I want to be in a position where I can go out and recruit the type of guys I want. When in high school, you know, you kind of stuck uh, with what you have. So uh, if not, if I, if I can't get back on the college level one day, I like to become a high school head coach one day so that's why i see myself in the near future he's former Ole Miss wide receiver vince sanders thanks so much for coming on man i appreciate you and we'll definitely do it again all right thanks for having me out of time enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features live betting options and the best daily promotions in the business and with BetMGM at your fingertips every play and every game matters more than ever place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.